Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fully Functional Humanity Podcast. My name is Badger Akasanya and I am your host. Today we're speaking about the Bible and our purpose. When it comes to discovering your purpose, the best place to go is the person who created it or the person who placed it there. So for us, ladies and gentlemen, without a doubt, the Bible is the best place to go. When it comes to discovery, I think, to be honest, one of the most important things that we want to know is, will our search be fruitful? Is it there? Can I get there? And the Bible settles that fear quite simply because the Bible is replete with verses of scripture that speak directly about the fact that you have a purpose, also directly about the fact that how God works out that purpose through our lifetime. And so the answer to the original question that could be posed was, does the Bible tell me that I have a purpose? The answer is yes. There are quite a few verses we could focus on. One of my favorites is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 and it says the following, For we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made for us to live. So ladies and gentlemen, in short, you are God's masterpiece. You are an expression of his ability, his planning, his person. And so discovering your purpose, the best place to go is the Bible. We understand that as you read the Bible, it's interesting. You're introduced to quite a few things. And you're also introduced to some things that really help us along the search for purpose or the discovery of purpose, the reason why we are here. As a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, purpose defined is what was in the mind of a creator before design, fabrication and empowerment takes place. And so as you read the Bible, you find out what was in the mind of God concerning you. But we also find out about the person that gave us our purpose. As you read the Bible, we see God's interaction with lives, peoples and nations that present the concept that give us a lot of confidence. We realize that through all the Bible, if there's one thing that the Bible presents to us that we can take away about God, our Father, is that he can be trusted. That there's nothing that God presents to us through his word that says, I can't trust God in this area. And so, ladies and gentlemen, very similar to the manual that a creator of a particular thing gives you, the reassurance that we get when we read the Bible is what we discover is not a burden, but it's there to be a blessing both to us and to others. But the Bible also presents to us a couple of other things. One of the other things that it presents as we read the Bible and as it presents to us what purpose is, it presents the fact that purpose is not an event. It is a process. And the fact that it's a process, the Bible helps us interact with that process. So it may look at times like nothing is happening or things are going south, to use a colloquial phrase. But that's actually not true. And so, ladies and gentlemen, 
as we look at this, the when the Bible presents to us what the process of purpose is, what God does and how he gets it done, that then alleviates the pressure, the frustration and the challenge that realizing that you have a unique proclivity may bring. I'll give you an, an example. And the example that I, I would like to present to you is as follows. If you think about a man called Bezalel, who has quite a distinct purpose, it's actually time-framed. Bezalel, you'll find him in Exodus chapter 31, reading from verses 1 to 6. He has a plethora of skills. He's a manager of men. He's skilled in all metal work. He's skilled in um, working with um, precious gems, all sorts of stuff. And it is him that God tells Moses to go and find when he's asked to build the ark of the covenant, the tent of meeting, and the mercy seat, to mention a few of the things that the Lord asked to build in the desert so he could meet with the children of Israel. Moses had been given the instruction that build what you see in heaven. And so this, in all sincerity, was a task that wasn't given to many. When God finishes giving Moses the instruction, he sends him down to find Bezalel. Now, let's pause for a moment. Skip two days before this event, and you may run into two types of Bezalel. You may run into a man who is doing things with his skills and abilities, but he will have a deep cry to say, there must be more than this. While he fixes somebody's plow, somebody's sword, somebody's necklace, somebody's shield. And he will do it remarkably. And his skill will be acknowledged, but he will be saying to himself, there must be more than this. Or you could run into Bezalel on a really bad day where he's pulling his hair out and the burden of what he is carrying is, has produced a frustration that God, this cannot be everything. Or why am I carrying the weight of these abilities? And ladies and gentlemen, let me pause here to say it. Because by the time, Jehos um, by the time Bezalel runs into Moses and Moses presents to him what is an outlet for the plethora of his skills, the journey he has been on would be worth it. We are privileged, ladies and gentlemen, to see both ends of the scale. And that allows us to approach our process of discovering our purpose, realizing that we are different, realizing that we like things that other people don't like. We're realizing that many times when purpose comes into your life, it's countercultural realizing that there are times when you feel like you're the only one, both in your circumstances, your skills, your pleasures, and the things that you reach out for. Ladies and gentlemen, we're privileged to have both ends of the scale presented to us, not once or twice, quite a few times throughout the Bible. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we think about the Bible and our purpose, one key thing comes, comes home to roost, and it's this. The Bible allows us to deal with reality. Because we are at our best when we are doing what the manufacturer says we should do. In the very same way, when you are holding a very technical gadget and you've read the manual, 
you are like a rock star with your friends and family when you can make it do things other people can't. Ladies and gentlemen, when you read the Bible and you drink in the word of God and it then begins to find an expression in your gifts, your skills and your abilities, you ladies and gentlemen will be the best you can be. Because the Bible doesn't only build your gifts and abilities, the Bible also builds your character and your personality. And so ladies and gentlemen, what we realize is the Bible helps us deal with the realities of what we are facing. Because discovering your purpose, sometimes it can be a very interesting process, especially when we don't know what's happening. And so to, to, bring, to put a point on this, let me, let me do two things. Let me do two things. The first thing I'd like to do is let, let me explain my journey, a little bit of my journey. And there are elements of life that can be frustrating while you're going through them. One of them for me was I found myself many times growing up through no fault of anybody around me being what could be termed an outsider. I always had to break into a group. When I was very young, I was fostered in a predominantly Caucasian area and I am, I'm, I'm Afro-Caribbean. And so you begin to realize I'm, I'm black African. And so what that means is, ladies and gentlemen, I was an outsider simply by virtue of my color. That said nothing about the fact that my foster mother at that point in time showed us what can only be described as the love of God in its purity. Absolutely amazing six years we spent with her. But then I moved to inner city London and I found myself being an outsider again, not just being the new kid, but by virtue of going to school in the home counties, I had learned to read and write slightly earlier. I find myself in an inner city primary school and they're asking, asking me to do things like, do you want to play with sand or do you want to play with water? And I'm thinking nothing. Don't you write? Don't you read? And I'm a very precocious, difficult child to teach at that particular point in time, but I felt like an outsider. So the four years or, or the six years I spent in that particular primary school, and again, I had great teachers, some of whom I absolutely adore, and I would love to let the world know that they're special. Mr. Clegg in particular, Miss Madden, who became Mrs. Roberts. I will never forget you both. And what you begin to realize, ladies and gentlemen, I felt like an outsider because I was different. I enjoyed things that other people around me didn't enjoy. Didn't understand it, but that was it. Then I moved to secondary school. In secondary school, I moved to a different area. And I found that, again, I walked in and I felt completely at home. But all of a sudden, I realized I was of African descent. Most of the children that I went to school with were of West Indian or Caribbean descent. And all of a sudden, I find myself as an outsider. It didn't take me long to fit in. I learned to speak Patois pretty perfectly. I made some great friends. I learned a lot. It was a great experience. And then we, my life switches to Nigeria. 14, we go to Nigeria quite suddenly, and I find myself as an outsider again. Now it is based on accent and culture and understanding where I was, simply because I had been dropped in the middle of a process without very much preparation. Again, I had an amazing time. There were tough times, but there were really good ones. The last one was when I went to university. I walk into university and I've just become a Christian. And so what that means is I'm walking with what can be termed a marginalized group. I have a different set of desires, a different set of hopes, and all of a sudden the whole university experience changes. I absolutely thank God for those years in university. It was an amazing time and I thank God for the friends I made and the people that I still know today that are absolutely pivotal to who I am as a person. But 
all the threads every single time I was always the outsider and I couldn't understand why. And let me say this really clearly. As you discover your purpose, ladies and gentlemen, it can feel like you are alone. You're not because God is with you and things are not out of control, even though you don't understand them. And this is what I want you to remember. So why did I tell you the story? It's this. As I step into ministry and I begin to find a reason for what I'm here for, I find that the ministry I find myself in is youth ministry. With youth ministry, if you've ever tried to speak to a group of teenagers trying to get through those first 30 seconds or those first two to five minutes can be really difficult for anybody. I, on the other hand, by virtue of my journey of consistently having to work my way into groups, I find that I'm very comfortable blending, I'm very comfortable making inroads, and I'm also very comfortable making other people comfortable, and the conversations just flow from there. And I can do it till today, and it's one of the most humbling things about ministry. Also, being able to speak on sh at short notice, very, it's very easy for me to read crowds, groups, and stuff like that. Now, that has become part of my purpose and my calling, or the expression of it. It was shaped by my journey, and when I was going through the journey without the expression or outlet of being able to do what I do, it was frustrating. And so what I want to, you to know, ladies and gentlemen, as you read the Bible, as you read, the, the, read about the way God deals with different people, expresses with expresses himself to different people but also as you read other people's journeys as they discover their moment in time and their moment in history you will also ladies and gentlemen just like the bible says in first corinthians chapter 14 verse 3 you will be built up you will be encouraged and you will be reassured Bajos paraphrase because as you go through it and i want you to realize the bible helps us deal with reality. As I read the Bible, I began to understand and come to a realization that this is part of the journey and therefore the hope and the expectation that was built that the end of the journey will be similar to what I read. And so ladies and gentlemen, when we think about, um, when you think about purpose and you think about the word of God, I want you to be reassured. I want you to be reassured that God is in control. One last thing that I want to talk about on the back of what I just said as well, and let's just tie that will tie it together to close here. As you begin to read the Bible and you'll realize that your purpose, your skill, your abilities, especially your destiny, is shaped by two types of events. Some of them are great, some of them are challenging. And what you find as you read the Bible is this you realize that God does not send the catastrophic events that many of us have to survive. God does not send, you know, radical sickness, car accidents, early parent loss, whatsoever it may be. God doesn't send those things. That's not him. But what we also begin to realize as we read the Bible is the reassurance that he does not necessarily throw out the impacts of those things, but he works them into our skills and our abilities, into our personalities, into our character, but also into our hungers, the things that drive us. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm, I'm a living witness. My desire 
to do what I'm doing. Why do I do it? One of the reasons is I have no desire to see anybody else go through life without the requisite information to be the very best version of themselves. Why? I didn't have it. I had great people around me. I had loving people around me. But that somebody sat me down and said, this is how life goes. I didn't have it. So many times it was trial and error. And you can imagine the results. But ladies and gentlemen, because God is in it, I watched him work the difficulties, the challenges we went through and all the great times we went to into what I now know is. So this is the reason why you made me like this. This is the reason why I get my. I am a avowed card-carrying member of the encouraging group. I, I am like the way I am because of both elements of the journey. And ladies and gentlemen, like I said, and this is what I want to close on, the Bible helps us deal and respond to reality because God is there, he's working something out and he's not out of control. And what I wanted you to realize as we think about the Bible and our purpose, the answer to the original question, does the Bible speak about our purpose, is an emphatic yes. But it also gives us so much more as we spend time with our Father reading about how he brings that out in the lives of many. So if you're going through a difficult time, I really hope today's post encourages you. Encourages you to keep going. Encourages you to trust God. Encourages you to Go and look for the pieces of the evidence that show us that your purpose is real. Why? Purpose is not discovered by what is absent. It is discovered by the appreciation of what is present. How it comes into your life, the Almighty works out. How it will be expressed, he's going to work out with you. Ladies and gentlemen, have a really great day. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, please let your friends know. Share it if you would like to. Subscribe if you haven't. If you do have a question, feel free to drop me a message on one of the um, social media platforms at Bajo Akisanya, and I'm more than happy to have a discussion with you. Have the very best day you can.